Today on episode number 627 of the School of Podcasting, we have a cool Because of My Podcast story. We're going to get an update about Radio Public, and I'm going to help you identify and overcome imposter syndrome. Hit it, ladies! The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005, I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast consultant, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. This is where we massage your message, we tackle the technology, we help you face your fears. We're going to be talking about that a lot today. And then we flatten the learning curve and get you on the road to podcasting in the right direction where you don't have to mortgage the house for equipment, where you don't pull out all the hair. It's all out at schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER, and right now that will save you 20% off either a monthly or yearly subscription, or if you want, you can buy any of the courses a la carte. And I always like to start off the show with a because of my podcast story. If you can answer any of these questions, simply go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. And that question, of course, is because of my podcast blank. And today we have the one the only, don't be fooled by cheap imitations, Jason Bryant from Matt Talk Online. Take it away, buddy. Hi, Dave. Jason Bryant from Matt Talk Online here. And I've got a because of my podcast story. And I am so happy that I can finally say because of my podcast and I can be on this show. That being said, so what I received recently, I was uh, out doing some public address announcing out in the Lehigh Valley at Lehigh University in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. And a guy named Matt Gilbert, who works for Resolite, which is one of the largest wrestling mat companies in the world. And it's not just wrestling mats. They do gymnastic mats, wall mats. It's it's an athletic mat company. And uh, they're based out of Sunbury, Pennsylvania. Well, a couple of years ago, I met Matt and his dad has been a big, uh, big supporter of wrestling for all these years. And Uh, Matt joined the fray. We met up in Fargo a couple years ago, which is uh, the big junior national wrestling championships that I am now attending coming up for the 20th year. And we were playing a dice game with with Team Indiana. And it was called basically it was a wrestling game. So you're rolling the dice and each number on the die was uh, was associated with a wrestling scoring move. So if I I got a two and you got a one, that means I get the two on the takedown, things of that nature. Uh, Really like cheesy Dungeons and Dragons, but for wrestling. So we're not like super geeky about it but we're being super geeky about it while playing a dice game at a bar and of course you're 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 drinking while the other person's rolling so uh, that notwithstanding the uh the debauchery about it notwithstanding well matt presented me with a 16 by 16 section of wrestling mat with what's called digiprint which they can sublimate and put designs on a wrestling mat so it's a mini wrestling mat with my logo on the mat talk online logo also in the edge of the mat is a what looks to be a sure classic 55 microphone, a microphone that I have that I use. So because of my podcast, uh, Matt discovered one. He listens to the show. He he saw the game. We're hanging out socially and then presents me with this really cool piece of wrestling memorabilia. And I I really don't get a lot of gifts that are that are specifically made for me. And this is something that uh, it's a folding mat section. Basically, it's like um, wrestling mats can be really heavy or they can be in these rolling sections. And this is like a rolling section. So I could easily get it back into my bag from Pennsylvania on my carry on. And now I've got it sitting in my uh, my my closet behind me, which basically my closet stays open all the time to to display some memorabilia and and my degree and, and some trophies and, and awards and things. But it was really the one of the coolest things 
of gear or memorabilia that I've ever been given. And it was specific to Matt Talk Online. It was specific to the podcast. It wasn't about my PA announcing. It wasn't about all the other stuff I've done for wrestling. It was specific for the podcast. So because of my podcast, I have a really cool piece of wrestling mat that is adorned with the Matt Talk Online logo and a really cool microphone. So that's my because of my podcast story overdue. I realized I missed uh, Mr. Deadline for the last episode, Mr. The Hall of Fame Dave Jackson. By the way, I'm going to I'm going to take some time and say thank you to the Hall of Famer, the Dave Jackson. Congratulations on your upcoming induction. Yeah, have fun trimming that speech to five minutes. I've been there, done that. And uh, yeah, in this case, somebody might punch you in the face if if you forget them. That being said, thank you, Dave, for everything you do for all of us and for being just an all-around cool guy and friend over the years. So that's my Because of My Podcast story. And I'm Jason Bryant at MattTalkOnline.com. Thank you, Jason. And I don't have any kids, but I always understand that some of the coolest presents you get are the ones that are custom made. You know, the crayon, the homemade card, whatever it is. And so it's cool when a manufacturer goes out of their way to make something absolutely personalized for you. And if you want more of Jason, of course, you can always find him at Matt Talk Online, but you can also find him back on episode number 483 from October 12, 2015. I'll have a link to that in the show notes, along with a picture of Jason and his Matt. You can find that at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 627. Hey, check your watch. If you look down, I know we're like halfway through July, but do you realize August is going to just breeze through here? And September 18th is when the next semester of podcast engineering school starts. It's September 18th through the 30th. And what it is, is you have live classes. They're two hours long. And Chris Curran packs tons of information into each of them. So the program includes live interactive online training. They're a blast and they're a ton of information You have two mentoring sessions, one-on-one, just you and Chris. You have major discounts, and I mean major discounts on software and plugins. You have lifetime access to the Podcast Engineering School closed community. And at the end, you actually get a certificate of completion. And you can see all the details. I could sit here for an hour and tell you about all the great things that happened at the school. Go to podcastengineeringschool.com. And if you're like, well, I'm not sure if that's for me. It's for anyone who wants to earn money as an independent podcast editor, producer, or an engineer, or anyone who just wants to produce their show at a super professional level. And you're like, well, who's this Chris Kern guy? Allow me to drop some names. Forbes, Dun & Bradstreet. I don't know, ever heard of a little company called Johnson & Johnson? Yeah, he's produced podcasts for those. Those are some of his clients. Then he worked at this super prestigious recording studio in New York, And you might know some of these names. I don't know. Foreigner, Sarah McLaughlin, MC Hammer, Itzhak Perlman. Come on, that dude shreds on the violin. Jeff Buckley, Ice Cube, Nuno Betancourt. Come on, extreme fans. You got to love that. Helmet, uh, Puffy, Puffy, Biggie. He worked with Puffy and Biggie. How cool was that? uh, I could go on and on. Sabotage. So this is a guy who understands engineering. And now he's bringing his skills right here to podcasting. So you can learn to engineer and produce podcasts at a professional level and then earn a great living part-time or full-time. It's up to you. Or again, if you just want to make your own sound better, check it out. Podcastengineeringschool.com. The early bird pricing 
is now. If you're going to do this, jump on now. It's not cheap, but then again, at the end of this, you're going to have the ability to earn some income. Check it out, podcastengineeringschool.com. And I'm actually taking that class. It's actually a lot of fun. And just a reminder, uh, we're going to talk about imposter syndrome. But at the end of this, I do have an update on Radio Public, which I talked about in last week's episode. You go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash 627. And this was somewhat brought on by a couple of things. I was on the Podcast Envy show. This is from Andrea Clunder. And she's doing a segment, a kind of a series on imposter syndrome. And the other thing that kind of spurred this was this whole Academy of Podcasters Hall of Fame thing. And I'll talk about that as we go, but that somewhat messed with my head. Now, what is imposter syndrome? It is, if you are a person that's like ever said this, well, nobody would ever listen to me. I mean, why would they listen to me? Or if I haven't done enough to do anything like that. It's it's where, in the immortal words of Wayne and Garth, I'm not worthy, man. That's basically it. And there are about 70%. There are a couple different studies, but they're saying that like 70% of people kind of suffer from this. I'm not worthy, dude, kind of syndrome. I guess imposter syndrome sounded better than I'm not worthy, dude. So, but here's some names. Seth Godin. Now, if you do anything with marketing, you know who Seth Godin is. He says that after writing a dozen bestsellers, Keyword, and when I say bestsellers, this isn't that like BS bestseller thing that people say, oh yeah, bestseller uh, in my category in Amazon, if you count the top 300. No, not this is like bestseller, like real bestseller. He still feels like a fraud all the time. Tina Fey, head, first female head writer on Saturday Night Live. Of course, she did 30 Rock. She's uh, the woman behind Mean Girls, which is now on Broadway. She says, the beauty of the imposter syndrome is you basically go between extreme egomania and the complete feeling of, I'm a fraud. Oh, God, they're on to me. I am a fraud. So you try to ride the egomania when it comes and you enjoy it and then slide through the idea of being a fraud. Kate Winslet, you might know her from Titanic and many other movies. She says, sometimes I wake up in the morning before going off to a shoot and I think, I can't do this. I'm a fraud. Mayu Angelou. Everybody I know says you have to listen to the interview with Maya and Oprah. She says, I've written 11 books, but each time I think, uh oh, they're going to find out now. I've run a game on everybody and they're going to find me out. Jodie Foster was interviewed for 60 minutes and she revealed how she feared having to give back her Oscar after being voted best actor for her role in The Accused. She says, I thought it was a fluke. She said, I thought everybody would find out and they'd take her Oscar back. Like they'd come knocking at her door and go, uh, excuse me. Yes. Miss Foster. Yes. Uh, we need to give that to somebody else. That, that needs to go to Meryl Streep. Now, speaking of Meryl Streep, she was interviewed by Ken Burns and she is the most frequently nominated Academy Award winner and Golden Globe actress or she's an actor, whatever. It's Meryl Streep. She revealed her own insecurities. She says, you think, why would anyone want to see me again in a movie? And I don't know how to act anyway. So why am I doing this? Natalie Portman, you might know her 
Princess Leia in the new movies, she was asked to do a commencement speech at Harvard. Here's a clip from that. I felt like there had been some mistake that I wasn't smart enough to be in this company and that every time I opened my mouth, I would have to prove I wasn't just a dumb actress. So I start with an apology. This won't be very funny. I'm not a comedian and I didn't get a ghostwriter. But I am here to tell you today, Harvard is giving you all diplomas tomorrow. You are here for a reason. Now, why did she feel this way? And we'll talk about this. The previous year, they had asked Will Ferrell, the guy from Saturday Night Live and a bunch of movies. Yeah, this one blows me away, though. Ray Ormano. You know, from Everybody Loves Raymond kind of sounds like Kermit the Frog. Uh, Ah, geez. And so this is a clip. I believe this is a YouTube show called The Green Room with Paul Provenza. Now, this has Judd Apatow, again, super famous comedic writer, Bo Burnham. Uh, I believe it's how you pronounce his name. And if you don't know Bo, this guy's super creative. We might talk about him in a, in a, a bit. Mark Maron, of course, from WTF. Ray Romano, Gary Shandling, all these guys. Listen to this clip as they're talking about Ray. It's a weird feeling of even when they're cheering, there's a little part of you that still feels like you're an imposter. Does that ever go away? Not according to anybody I've talked to. Yeah. <laughs> but did you think when your show ended yeah. that uh, it was just such a monster success, one of the greatest shows ever in television, yeah. nine years, it never got weaker, that it would fill your ego so you would feel great for 20 years and then it just didn't happen? I, I, I believe that like for like a week. Like, like this is enough. All right, my father never hugged me, but this is f***ing enough. (laughs) And so I love that. Here's a guy for nine years. Let's stop there a second. Nine years sat there and had people making boatloads of cash. Like, they're just bringing in truckloads. Hey, Ray, want to do season nine? Oh, jeez, I don't know. Yeah, here's cash. Oh, okay, I'll do it. Right? So amazing. A week later, he's like, I don't know if anybody's going to listen to me. Uh, 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 Deborah, right? So that's amazing to me. And so here's the point. In a Facebook world where all we put on Facebook is, look at me. I got downloads out my wazoo and I did this and my kids are great and everybody else. No, everybody is sitting there freaking out going, oh, I mean, I when I was the director of podcasting for the New Media Expo and I was working with the speakers, there are big name people. I mean, like keynote people that are backstage going, ah, oh, geez. And so the bottom line is, if we're all imposters, then none of us are imposters. We're all even. And there's only one thing that separates you from anyone else in the world, there's that's it. Time and effort. I'm a guitar player. And when I was 13, I had a guitar just like the guy in ACDC. And I said, look, the notes that he played are somewhere on this neck. I just have to find them. And I took a lot of time and a lot of effort. Man, I can hold my own on a guitar. So anything that anyone else can do, you can do. And you're like, Dave, I don't know if I'm running a four-minute mile anytime soon. It might take you a lot more time and a lot more effort than somebody that's just born that way. 
and let's not get crazy, okay? Let's let's stay in reality here. Obviously, somebody in their fifties is not gonna, you know, outrun somebody in their twenties. Let's okay, let's let's stay here. But there's a thing I read a book called The Imposter Syndrome Remedy by Dr. Estio, I believe is how you pronounce it. And she talks about the imposter syndrome cycle and see if this rings a bell because it's going to result in one of two things. And this is what, what kills me is I see it resulting in crippling fear. I was listening to my buddy, Eric K. Johnson. He does a show podcast talent coaching. He was talking about how he got an email from somebody who had lined up 50 interviews and had not pulled the trigger. That to me is crippling fear. And you either have crippling fear or you have severe overworking. So that crippling fear leads to procrastination. That second one, again, is driven by fear of failure. And you then overwork. You just go crazy. You beat yourself up. You become a martyr. And when you complete the task, it may bring temporary relief. Remember, Ray Romano lasted about a week. And of course, he's making a joke, but that probably has a little bit of truth in that. But when it comes time to evaluate your performance, limiting beliefs associated with imposter syndrome may arise. If procrastination led to some sort of successful outcome, then it's considered a fluke. I I don't know. I guess I was lucky. Things just worked out in the end. If you overprepared and you worked and worked and worked and worked, then it reinforces the belief that you need to do extra work and it's super hard and there's no way, there's no chance of success. I'm, I'm no good at this. I just worked really hard. You talk yourself out of actually being good. And so thus successful outcomes don't bring any satisfaction because you're like, ah, it was a fluke or I, it wasn't me. I just worked really hard. It only increases your self-doubt, your worry and your anxiety with the thought That when either luck or excessive hard work wears off, they finally, I'm going to be exposed again that I'm not worthy. I'm a fraud. And when you feel like a fraud, what happens? Then the cycle repeats itself. Another opportunity comes up. You're either crippled with fear or you start working, working, working. And I was like, yeah, been there, done that. How you end up with imposter syndrome is a whole other episode. For me, Uh, And and of course, when in doubt, just blame your parents, right? But I had a dad who was a long distance truck driver and he was just talk about being freaked out and and he was worried my mom was spoiling me. And so he would constantly come home and just, I'll give you an example. I would get maybe, I don't know, a dollar or two to wash the car. And if he would come out and see any kind of spot where maybe the The sponge didn't get everything and he would call them skippers. I had to not fix the skipper. I had to wash the whole car again. And so to say perfection, like when I have a typo, there's a part of me that goes, oh, good God, right? I missed something. And so there are all sorts of reasons, expectations from other people, whatever it is, that is a whole other episode. But what I want to talk about Because you can say, hey, Dave, it's great that everybody else is an imposter, but there's only one problem. I still feel like an imposter. All right. So here's the thing. We're going to go over some strategies here. And one, and this sounds weird, coming from a guy who talks about how powerful podcasting is. And it is. It's awesome. But I'm talking about starting your podcast. 
And yes, a podcast is a great opportunity, but here's the other thing, a phrase that normally does not come out of my mouth. It's just a podcast. It's maybe whatever the opportunity is, isn't quite as important as you think. It's important to you, and that's great. And it doesn't have to be perfect. I think that's the bottom line I'm going to go for here. It doesn't. Perfect is the enemy of okay. It's the enemy of done. It's perfect can just ruin things. And here's the other thing. You might say, oh, I'm not worthy. You have had some successes in the past. And you know how I know that? Because you're still here. You've done hard things in the past. I'll give you, go back to that example. I remember when I got the position of being the the director of podcasting for the New Media Expo, which at the time was one of the largest events. And I remember getting off the phone going, okay, great. I just got the job. How am I going to do that? Well, I looked at what I've done and I went, well, I have to grade the speakers and figure out who makes it. I'm like, well, I've done that before. I'm a teacher. I'll set up a grid and here's the criteria. And if you do this, you're an A. If you do this, you're an F. And you just go back to what you've done. Now, when you stretch outside of something you haven't done, that's a good thing. And I say, think of the hardest thing you've ever overcome. Think about that. I'm going to give you a couple seconds here. You got one? All right. Now, realize something. You did it. You are still here. And the problem is we tend to ignore our successes. If you ask for failures, man, we can list 20 right now. You ask for your successes and you're like, well, um, I think back in 86, there was this one thing I did. No, you are more successful than you think you are. And then I mentioned this earlier with Natalie Portman. One strategy, do not compare yourself to that person. There are always people that are, can we put up air quotes here, better than you? And there's always going to be people that are worse. And you're never as good as your best review or you're never as bad as your worst review. But the other thing to keep in mind here, when you compare to other people, and I mentioned this earlier, in a Facebook world, nobody's putting on Facebook, hey, just put my kid into rehab. You know, hey, just lost my job because I'm an alcoholic. Nobody seems to put that on Facebook. Hey, I just got my first venereal disease. Check it out. Pictures are coming. Nobody seems to put that on Facebook. And so we think everybody is having this wonderful life and they're so confident and everything is coming up roses. And look, that one dude's even on a boat. Uh Uh-uh. That same person on the boat He was probably going, oh, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I've never owned a boat before. I don't even know what a barnacle is. So that's it. The other thing you might be thinking about, that hardest thing you ever had to do, and it might also make you think about some of the mistakes you've made. And I'm here to tell you that you are not defined by your mistakes. Other people may try to do that to you. But you are not defined by your mistakes. Can I peel back the curtain on one? I'm a person who has my invisible sky buddy. Some of you may know him as God. And yet I have two divorces under my belt. And every single day I wake up and I go, oh, I'm just a horrible person. I am. Oh, I'm just a piece of crap. And 
that's not true because I'm not dead yet. You are not defined by your mistakes. And sometimes you have that I must not fail mentality. Did I mention uh, my dad was a drill sergeant? (laughs) Yeah, that can be kind of crippling when you have that you must not fail is not an option. That can be crippling because if you aim at perfection and you miss, you land on really, really good. And here's something else. So let me go back to, and I, a lot of these are just going to be my own story here. And as Jason mentioned next week at podcast movement, I'm going to be inducted into the Academy of podcasters hall of fame. And that messed with my head like nobody's business. When I went to record my next episode, there was this thing where it's like, okay, is what I'm recording Hall of Fame material? And I'm like, I don't know. It's not that good. It's, uh, and I, I recorded it like four times. And when I got done with the third one, I'm like, no, it's just not. This isn't. Mm-mm. I said, wait a minute. They voted you in because of something you do. So do what you do. Just quit thinking about it and, and do it. And instead of thinking the the thousands of people that listen to this podcast, and in this case, it is thousands of people, but quit forgetting about those. Think about the one person who really needs your message. So right now, if you're listening to this and you're going, you know, I, I, I have imposter syndrome, I'm thinking about you right now. And I've been working on this particular episode for about four days, thinking about nobody but you. And not everybody is going to like you. That's a toughie. But you know what? That's okay. Can I say something controversial here? This is controversial. When I was in the eighth grade, we used to call it boys will be boys. And there were times when I hated for the bell to ring because it felt a little bit like a boxing match. And I was walked down the hall and there were a couple guys that would just walk over to me and punch me as hard as they could in the meat of my shoulder. And I would kind of go and pretend like it didn't hurt. And you might be saying, well, Dave, sure, but you probably had friends in, in, in junior high too, didn't you? And I'd go, those were my friends. But here's the, the controversial part, because now they call that bullying. Thank God I was bullied in a way. Now, I hated it in eighth grade, but I learned something there and then that I am who I am. And if you don't like me the way I am, that's OK. I'm not changing. Not everybody is going to like you. The other thing it made me do is it made me just one day go, look, can you quit doing that? And you know what they did? It taught me a little bit to stand up for myself. But I realize, and I'm not saying bullying is good. Please save your letters. I'm just saying for me, looking back, I'm kind of like, that made me kind of stand up a little bit. The other thing we do is we kind of go, yeah, but that person is a PhD, MD, double XK, uh, 37. Credentials don't always mean what you think they do. I know people, I'll give it this way. I have a friend of mine that's a guitar player, can't read music. But man, can that dude shred. That's just it. Credentials don't always mean what you think they do. So again, and if you're doing that, that means you're what? means you're breaking the first rule. Quit comparing yourself to other people. Find one person you know and you trust. 
and this is a person you're going to have to really trust, but here's another strategy. Let them know you feel like a fraud. Mm -hmm. And listen to what they say. And this has to be somebody that would tell you if you stink. So don't say this to mom because she's going to go, oh, honey, no, no, find a friend. And I'm here to tell you, you're not a fraud. Here's another one. Instead of saying, I don't know anything, we have to change our thinking. Instead, say, I don't know everything yet, but I'm still learning. There are all sorts of ways we can take that negative speech. And this is a a thing. I was listening to my buddies, uh, John and Emily over at Hate to Wait. Wait is W-E-I-G-H-T. Hate to Wait. And they're talking about how when you have that negative voice in your head, give it a name. And I think I might call mine Lou, which is really sad because I love Lou Mangello uh, from WDW Radio. But to me, I just hear like Louie. Like, like, hey, Louie, coming in going, hey, nobody's going to listen to you. Oh, right. So take those negative things that are absolutes. Nobody will listen to you yet. <laughs> that kind of thing. And, and spin them around. And you might say, but Dave, there are times, though, when luck and timing is involved. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to disagree with that. But there's also talent, dedication, and charisma. And again, the one thing that stands between you and other people is time and effort. And yes, luck can have a lot to do with that. But a lot of times, luck is made. And here's the thing. Content, your content, leads to relationships. And those relationships lead to opportunities. Those opportunities have a name. They're called luck. And they come from content and relationships. So you can make your own luck with a podcast. And you might be saying, but I just feel like I feel, I feel. And you know what? Your feelings are real. They absolutely are real, but it doesn't mean they're accurate. Can we pause on that one a second? Yes, I'm scared. But that doesn't mean that what you're afraid of is something that maybe is really life-threatening. No, it's not. Here's another one. It's a great strategy. You're like, I don't, it's all about me and, and my feelings. And this is, hold on a second. Quit focusing on you. It's not about you. And you're like, no, it is. It's my imposter syndrome. Mm, time out from that. Focus on your audience. I mentioned earlier, instead of focusing on the thousands of people that are going to listen to this, and if it's a brand new podcast, you don't have thousands of listeners. You might have six, and that includes your cousins. So that's number one. And think about the one person who really needs to hear your show. When you focus on your audience and how you're going to deliver value, that takes the focus off of you. And that's kind of what we need to do, because by focusing on you, we start to freak out. And you know what happens? Then we start to get a little uh, a little stressed out, and we start to breathe a little shallower, because I don't know, how am I going to do that? And you know what you're doing? You're robbing your brain of, of oxygen, and you really need oxygen now because you need to think. And some people say, look, you don't, you don't, I'm just, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I need to do more research. Okay, sure you do. Look, I don't have children, but I know many people who do. And in some cases, they got pregnant um, before they were ready. And then others actually got pregnant. They were planned 
And they're like, oh, we're ready now. And you know what they found out later? Yeah, they weren't ready. And from what I understand, uh, nobody's really ready for a kid because it's a surprise. I mean, there's no real manual and and every kid is different. And uh, yet, you know what? Their kids are fine. And you're never going to be ready because some of this stuff you're not going to know until you you do it. We'll talk about that in a second. But act anyway, even though you're not 100% ready. Acting before you're ready is like a penicillin shot for imposter syndrome. It helps you build up immunity against the syndrome. The more you act before you're ready, the more you'll realize that you're never really ready for anything. But neither is anyone else. And we jump in the pool. Maybe you're trying the new keto diet, just to give you an example of something here. You might see the picture and go, I wonder what that tastes like. Wait a minute. Is that a chocolate chip cookie? Wait, is it a healthy chocolate chip cookie? It looks good. You look at the ingredients and you're going, hmm. You do realize there's only one way to know if that recipe tastes good. You have to make the recipe. You have to make the recipe. And the only way to really see something is to do it. You have to experience it. And there, you can read about all other people's failures. You can read about their successes. You can, read to, you can watch tutorials. You can go to YouTube. Sooner or later, you're going to have to start succeeding and failing firsthand. And that's where people go, whoa, whoa, no failure here. No, no, I know. I realize the parent thing. We'll talk about that in a second. You might record that first episode and go, oh, geez, do I stink? I'm not good. Well, you know what? Number one, you're probably not as bad as you think. But you're right that there is room for improvement. But there are people that go, "Ah, that wasn't very good. And they want to quit. To this, I always go back to the example of tying your shoes. I don't remember you, you know, it might be longer for some of us, but I remember trying to tie my shoe and going, wait, the the what? The rabbit jumps around. We weren't very good at it. And then once we finally learned how to tie them, then they wouldn't stay tied. And you're like, look, how do you, what's the deal? There's always going to be room for improvement. Look, my last episode, I forgot my sponsor. Episode number 627, I forgot my sponsor. There's always room for improvement. Instead, you you want to say something like, oh, I'm not good at this. I shouldn't do it. Instead of, again, let's change that verbiage. I'm not very good at this yet, but I will continue to learn and adapt as I go. And I already mentioned, I need to know more before I get started. You do not need to know everything. In fact, you probably have more than enough knowledge to get going. When I was teaching in the corporate world, I used to teach Microsoft Access. Talk about a boring, dry software. And I remember when I would teach an advanced Access class, and I'm like, look, this isn't like Word or Excel. And my boss would say, you just have to know more than your students. That's it. And so... When people say, I don't know enough, I say, maybe you should say, I don't know everything, but I will use what I know to learn more as I go, which is what I did when I was the director of podcasting. I used my teacher background to figure out who the speakers were going to be, 
I used what I had and it turned out okay. Now that particular expo was driven right into the wall by my boss. But from what I heard, the podcast track was okay. It was just a bummer that we all had to jog five miles to get to the classes. So with that, do know this. When we talk about you don't need to know everything, you do need to know this. Stay away from SoundCloud. Stay away from Anchor.fm. Squarespace as a media host. And while the Blue Yeti is a good microphone, uh, stay away from it. There are much better, less expensive options. Let's get to another one. Dave, I, I get what you're saying. And you talked about how, yes, my feelings are are maybe not accurate, but I, straight up, I'm scared. And there are times when being afraid is good. When you're face-to-face with a bear, it's good that you're afraid and not going, come here, come here, come here, gentle Ben, come here, Smokey. No, fear is good when you're on the edge of a cliff. But you might want to ask yourself, what's the worst thing that could happen? If you ask Ryan K. Parker, a food craftsman, you know what he's going to say? No one will punch you in the face. Thank you, Ryan. Yes, nobody is going to punch you in the face. You're not going to die. You're not going to go to jail unless you say some really stupid crap on your show. And maybe you might say, but I'm going to be embarrassed. And to this, I say, again, nobody's listening to your show when you first start out. They might be, but the odds of running into someone who you're not related to that actually heard your show are minimal. And I looked up the definition of embarrassed and it said to be concerted. And I was like, ooh, a 50 cent word. When I looked up disconcerted, it said ruffled. And so I hear, don't get ruffled. I have said things in my podcast that I'm really surprised did not have negative side effects, but they didn't. So don't be afraid. And again, it's not live radio. You can stop yourself if you said something stupid. I'm sure we talked about the hardest things you've done in the past. Now think about something you did when you were afraid. I know my first day of junior high, I was like, wait, I'm leaving the elementary school, but I know where that is. I don't even know, you know, senior high, another new building, new job. I remember going back to college and then I remember going back to college again, went back to school at 42 and I wasn't afraid, but it was like, well, this is different. This is a fun-filled adventure. And so there are times when we have to look at ourselves and say, okay, you know what? I'm scared, but I'll get on with it anyway. And realize that sometimes scared is nervous. Sometimes scared is excited. Keep that in mind. But what about failure, Dave? I really don't want to fail. Failure is kind of fun if you think of it that way. Like, what? You're nuts. If you're failing, you're doing it. And in the immortal words of Dr. Phil, doers do things. I love Dr. Phil. If you're failing, that means you're doing it. And there's so many people that are not even trying. You are real. You are a person that quit reading about it and quit studying it. And you started doing it. And failure will eventually lead to victory. Let's go back to tying your shoes. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. I don't know if my fingers are wrong or what's going on here, but eventually you got it because you, it took some practice. Failure is the only way to get to victory. 
And it's the only way to enjoy it because you can only enjoy something once you've tasted the opposite. Have you ever made, let's go back to chocolate chip recipes. You ever like, oh man, we forgot the salt. I remember once I went to a restaurant and they used to have the best homemade bread and they brought some once and somehow somebody forgot to put in the salt and it was like, and I said, look, there's something wrong with this. And then they, I said, can we get another like thing of bread? And they did. And this one was like, and I was like, oh, and that's when you really appreciate it. That's the bright side of failure. Uh, again, I've, I've played in different bands and I remember playing in bands where the drummer was just on who knows what. And you're like, ugh. and then I remember other bands where you just had this awesome groove. And that's when you're like, oh, can we just play this song all night? And so with podcasting, you're either going to have some positive outcomes when you start one, or you're going to have a story, which is also a positive outcome. If you decide to quit your podcast, you're like, let me tell you about the one time I thought I was going to do a podcast. You've got that experience. It's not a failure. And just because you, quote, failed, that does not mean you're a fraud. It only means that you're willing to do something even if it means risking failure. And I want to wrap up this segment about imposter syndrome, asking you something that you need to think about. You might say, well, if I don't do this, then I'm not going to be embarrassed, then I'm not going to fail. Okay. What will happen to you if you never change? You know who didn't change? Blockbuster Video, Radio Shack. And yet I would talk to the ex-CEO of Radio Shack and Blockbuster because both those people have knowledge that you can use in a future business. Podcasting leads to relationships, which lead to opportunities. And if you have a message, if you have a need to be heard, and a drive to reach people, you are missing that opportunity to invest in yourself. There is no way you start a podcast without learning something about yourself. I guarantee you that. I will eat my hat. Now, granted, one of the things that you might learn is I hate podcasting, but I doubt it. I recently had a failure. I have owned treadmills in the past and the one died and I decided I would try something new and I bought a motorless treadmill in theory supposed to be quieter in theory supposed to give you a better workout because it's only powered by you not a motor and you know what I learned I hate non-powered treadmills so that was an $80 failure to use that word But it's not because I learned I don't like those. And I can take this to play it again, sports, get some of my money back, and I will live on. So as we bring this to a close, keep in mind that you're going to hear that voice. 70% of us hear that voice. And back away from it a bit. Back away from whatever you're doing. And again, this sounds weird coming from me. It's just a podcast. Don't make it into this giant, oh my gosh, no, hold on. If you're just starting out, it doesn't 
have to be perfect. None of us are perfect. Failure can be kind of fun. Uh, if we just go back to the failure of the treadmill, I got to put it together, put it together. And hey, this is cool. Look, uh, I've never ridden one of these before. Hey, I hate this. All right. Well, it didn't take me long to figure that out. And now I can get my money back uh, selling it to somebody else. You are not defined by your mistakes. People will listen to you. Every week we have somebody sending in it because of my podcast story. And I can guarantee you some people are like, I'm not sure if they're going to listen to me or not. We heard it last week. Or was it two weeks ago when somebody said, I never thought I'd be sending in one of these. Here's something else. This is one last strategy. Write down the thoughts that are in your head. Write them down because sometimes seeing that negative talk in print may make you go, well, that's not true. And if you look at it and you go, no, that is true, then get a friend again. Get a mentor. I'd love to be your mentor because sometimes you need somebody to kind of walk you through this. But realize we are all imposters because nobody is perfect. And I just don't want to see imposter syndrome cripple you with fear. And as we get ready to uh, head out the door, a couple of quick updates I want to give you here. Uh, This was from Radio Public. I uh, mentioned in the last episode. They said, hey, thanks for the follow-up and highlighting Radio Public in your latest episode. They said, that's correct. Right now, only listens within the Radio Public apps count toward paid listens. And for the record, since the last time you've heard me, I made two cents. It says, we'll eventually include web listens down the road. So here again, they started something, maybe not exactly perfect, but they're learning what they need to do and they're moving forward. Uh, The web presents some tough fraud detection problems we aren't just ready to address. Because again, once you put it on the web, people can start just sending bots at it. So I totally get that. They said, you raised a great point on being able to combine earnings across podcasters or within networks for multiple shows. I shared this with Matt McDonald, our chief product officer, to see what's possible. So that's cool. They're listening. We also recently expanded the guidelines of the program for shows to have their own sponsorships and still participate. The language on the site will likely be updated in the coming weeks. But for now, I at least wanted to pass along the update, knowing there was a concern you brought up about one of your episodes, including a mid-roll spot. Uh, And he says, let me know if you have any other questions that come up. Paid listens is just the first step in our efforts to transform the podcast marketplace, making it much easier for podcasters to make money for their work. We're currently prototyping ways for listeners to directly support the podcasters they love. Would you be interested in talking with Matt about this? Uh, Yeah, I would. Anything that gets money into the hands of podcasters, asterisks who want to make money with your podcast. You don't have to, but if you wanted to, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely be interested in hearing that. We've updated our FAQ to address some of the questions and concerns discussed during your episode. Thank you for taking such a deep dive and a test run and pointing these out. He says, by the way, we don't touch the audio files by inserting ads into the episode. Rather, we place the ad spot before and or after the episode. In other words, they just bookend it. He says that again is in our FAQ. 
The lawyer listener bonus is part of the paid listens payout. So when only 24 listeners, uh, I'm sorry. So with only 24 loyal listeners, a podcaster would be eligible for the $25 minimum threshold for the payout because you, you get a dollar. I think it is for it for every person who uh, goes over and does that. It says again, we've updated this FAQ with clearer language around this, as well as the math to get a podcaster to that understanding. We've also up to date. We've also updated our, how do I get paid FAQ with clarification on what a podcaster can expect once their show is ready for a payout. Hopefully uh, we get the chance to meet in a couple of weeks at podcast movement, which I said, yes, we will. And that's uh, from Joshua over at radio public. And if you didn't hear that episode, just go out to school of podcasting, dot com slash six two six and speaking of our website of course everything from today's show school of podcasting.com slash six two seven if you want to go to school of podcasting.com slash start and use the coupon code listener that's l-i-s-t-e-n-e-r and as of right now that will save you 20 percent off either your monthly or yearly subscription or if you want one-on-one consulting it is all there at the website schoolofpodcasting.com. Also, don't forget the July question of the month is, do you have an email list? If so, if you feel like sharing, how big is it? And how are you, what are you using? What kind of tools, what kind of verbiage are you using to grow your email list? Simply email me, Dave at schoolofpodcasting.com. Record something pretty please and attach it to that or just go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. As you've heard, everything's out at the website, schoolofpodcasting.com. I look forward to working with you, especially if you are having a problem with imposter syndrome. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you again next week. Until then, class is dismissed. Take care and God bless. If you like what you It's got, uh, what's his name? Ray Ormega of uh, Ray Ormega. Who is Ray? <laughs> He's on a YouTube show called the Grim Room. The Grim Room. Yeah, it's it, they go and they go, oh, geez. Hence the Grim Room. Let's try that again, shall we? And here's the thing. If we're all imposters, then none of us are imposters. We're all evil. We're all evil. <laughs> we're all even. And let's not get crazy. Okay, let's talk in the realm of, of you know, I don't know. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. My brain. I need you, brain. I need you. Come with me. If you like what you hear.